Hello and welcome to this week's edition of SBC This Week, a roundup of news and views from around the Southern Baptist Convention. SBC This Week is hosted by Amy Whitfield and Jonathan Howe. Hey Jonathan, how are you this week? I'm doing well. You're in studio this week. Yes, I think this is the third time we've actually been able to, to uh, record in person. Yes, and uh, it's good to have you back in town. I know you're here for a conference, so I know you're, you're looking forward to getting done with this and moving on over there. So we're going to make this quick this week. And uh, finally, it seems like we have a week where it's a, a slower week. Yeah, we kept talking about it, wondering when a slower week would come. And uh, it never has, but it looks like... Looks Maybe like we're getting a little bit of a break. Yeah, but there is huge news this week. Cooperative program giving for the fiscal year. We've been talking about this for a long time. Uh, fiscal year 15 cooperative program ended year, the year $1.1 million over the budgeted goal and $2.5 million over last year's cooperative program allocation budgeted gifts. And there you go. We've Boom. been we've been monitoring this all the way, you know, kind of every month. They're just a little bit ahead, a little bit ahead. And would they come in at the mark and even over a little bit? And um, we did. We did. We did. So $189,160,231.41. I'm glad you read that and not me. Yeah, that, that's a lot of numbers there, uh, 11 digits. But the budgeted amount was $188 million, so... You know, just fantastic that we have uh, exceeded that goal. Uh, we're hoping for the same, I think, whenever we start talking about Lottie Moon this fall. Yeah. So that was another, you know, second highest, I think, ever in the history of Lottie Moon last year. Right. And just, I think just that, under the previous yeah, year. Yeah, just under the previous year. So, so I think uh, everyone is hoping that we'll kind of blow that out of the water. I know uh, in, in our home, I think we're going to have some of those conversations mm-hmm. to to increase what we're doing, and I hope that churches and, and other people all across uh, the Southern Baptist Convention will do the same. Yes, and as we mentioned last week on the podcast, 4,422 churches took that 1% increase challenge and completed that this past year. So uh, congratulations to uh, Frank Page, and actually, you know, congratulations to you, Southern Baptist, for for supporting the cooperative program and uh, beating that goal this year. Uh, we're looking forward to more in 2016. Uh, in other news, certainly I think everyone was, was uh, tracking what was going on with the historic flooding in South Carolina. Uh, I, I certainly noticed and was reminded they were using a term that I remember here in Nashville five years ago, uh, a thousand-year event. And mm. so uh, just I think that's actually, I want to say that's actually maybe an insurance-type term or whatever, the, the type of impact that nothing like this in that many years um, and so just been unprecedented people having a lot of struggle. And, of course, uh, who showed up in that uh, moment? Southern Baptists uh, with disaster relief efforts. So it's obviously been a very busy week for them um, and a, a lot of difficulty for homes and for churches in South Carolina. Speaking of the flooding in South Carolina, that's all related to NAM and their disaster relief efforts. NAM this week at their trustee meeting approved a $4 million budget reduction and payment to IMB uh, in light of the financial shortfall news over there and the, the financial restructuring they're going through. So uh, that came out of the uh, the NAM trustee meeting. We probably will have more information about the full NAM trustee meeting in next week's episode because that just ended, I believe, yesterday. So the, the news is not out quite yet on that. So we'll cover that next week, the full details of that trustee meeting. Also, uh, just real quick to note while we're talking about IMB, uh, there is a web event on October the 27th at 3 p.m. Eastern. So October the 27th, that is a Tuesday 
At 3 o'clock, David Platt is going to address, I guess, Southern Baptists and anyone interested in a live stream event. So to join President David Platt to discuss the present challenges and the future vision for IMB. So well, that'll be something we'll have to tune into. We may be able to get some audio clips from that to play on that uh, episode that week that'll drop on the 30th. But So if you're interested in that live stream event, which I, I know I'm going to be tuning into, uh, so I, I, Amy, you probably will be as well if you can make it happen uh, up there in uh, Wake Forest and who knows what you've got going on that day at that time. But that's something that I think Southern Baptists need to be able to, to tune in for. You can sign up at the IMB site. We've got a link to it at sbcthisweek.com. So uh, be sure to check that out. All right. In other news, and we, we kind of throw these things out every now and then, but LifeWay Research had an interesting study that came out this yes, week. Very interesting. I was surprised by it, actually. It, not, not quite as out of uh, the norm of what you would expect as last week's research yeah. on animal care. Yes, that but one. it was but it was on creation. Yes. So in all the discussions that we're always having, creation, evolution, intelligent design, things like that, uh, you, it, there can be some very polarizing discussions. But uh, what LifeWay Research found in this study uh, is that most Americans, even as they say a surprising number of non-religious people, agree that physics and humanity point to a creator. Yeah. 72% of all Americans? Yeah. Say, since the universe has organization, I think there is a creator who designed yeah. it. And 72% of all Americans, and even 46% of non-religious Americans, agree with that. Yeah, yeah. Which is, is just unbelievable to me. And it's interesting, too, because I remember back when some of the intelligent design discussion was really getting more and more popular. Uh, that was just kind of an angle in apologetics. Uh, that was interesting. It was a. It, it was unique. It was to say, look, we can look at design, and just the mere fact of it uh, should it, it it shows evidence of a yeah. creator, and it looks like people are seeing that. Yeah. And uh, speaking of Lifeway and non-research related news, uh, we've talked a little bit on the pod about the headquarters sale and everything that's going on with that. And there was some. If you go back and listen to some past episodes, we were talking about a, a closing date then in September which didn't really happen because one of the partners that were going to buy the facility down here in, in Nashville had dropped out. There's some news articles about that. Uh, but at the same time, there's some news that came out yesterday as we record this, that a new investor has come on board and everything is kind of moving forward in that. And I, I've kind of known that for a while, obviously, but I'm sure you have, <laughs> but it, it just kind of hit the, the public yesterday. So we'll link to that. So if you've been watching that, uh, a very, very positive steps for Lifeway and uh, for the future of our facilities here in downtown Nashville. And uh, speaking of Lifeway, I have gotten to know Adam Greenway as I've been here at my time in Lifeway. I know, I think you knew Adam whenever you were at Southern. Uh, we uh, actually kind of overlapped. We were leaving mm -hmm. a, about the time I think that he was was really there and involved. And so I didn't meet him in person, uh, had several mutual uh, connections, but I didn't meet him in person until I was here at Lifeway. Yeah, and you worked here at Lifeway, and Adam was a trustee here at Lifeway. Yes, uh, for, and then was the chairman. And was a chairman of the board, and we talked about that. We, we had Adam, he was in town a couple weeks ago for the executive committee. I got him on the podcast. Adam has a very unique take on the SBC because he's been a local pastor, or you know, been involved in local church work, does a lot of interim pastorates. He's a Southern grad. He's actually the dean of a seminary at Southern. He's been a professor there for a while, dean of the Billy Graham School of um, Evangelism and Missions. And as you mentioned, also, he was the chairman of a national entity board of trustees. Correct. And he's also served as a state president in Kentucky of the State Baptist yeah, Convention. Yeah, he, he's done... He's done it on every level. He's done it on every level. He's... Uh, even at the same time, I mean, very involved yeah. in KBC Yeah, he, I think he was the president of... 
Kentucky Baptist Convention, the right. chairman of the board at Lifeway, and a professor at Southern Baptist Seminary. Correct. And probably working at a local church <laughs> all yeah. at the same time. Yeah. Every level possible, all at the same time. Right. And that's great. That gives him a very unique perspective. There aren't there aren't many people that no. have done all of this. There's not things. many people that are in their 60s and 70s that have done that, and Adam's right. done it in his 30s. Right. So, pretty impressive. Yeah. Very interesting. So, so we had Adam on the podcast uh, a couple weeks ago. I, I sat down with him and had a great interview with him, and here that is. Today we're joined by Dr. Adam Greenway, the Dean of the Billy Graham School at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary in Louisville. Thanks for joining us, Dr. Greenway. Thanks for having me, Jonathan Howe. Now, you've been a leader on both state and national levels in the SBC. You were the uh, chairman of the Board of Trustees at Lifeway. You've been the Kentucky State President. Mm-hmm. Now you serve as a dean at the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary. You've seen this, the SBC you know, from a local church level. You've done a lot of pastorate, interim pastorate as well. You've seen it from a state level. You've seen it from an entity level, a national level as well. You have a, a very unique perspective uh, that a lot of people do not share. So what have you seen, the differences in the different levels of the SBC? What are the, you know, some of the strengths that others may not see that haven't been involved in those levels? Well, first of all, Jonathan, I would be uh, remiss if I didn't say that above everything else, I'm a debtor to Southern Baptists. Uh, I'm a graduate of a Baptist college. I have two degrees from two of our Southern Baptist seminaries. Southern Baptists have been extraordinarily gracious in financially investing in the education that I received. And so first and foremost, uh, I'm a debtor to Southern Baptists because of their sacrificial gifts to help uh, provide my theological education. And by God's grace, the Lord has allowed me some opportunities to uh, give back in various areas of denominational service. And sometimes, you know, when you get uh, close to what's going on, you become disillusioned as you see certain things. But my experience in SBC life has done more to encourage me about the direction of our convention, about the future of our cooperative work together. I'm seeing a great engagement from the emerging generations that they want to be a part of what's happening in Southern Baptist life. In Kentucky life, where I've been privileged to serve in a variety of roles, our state convention was really at the forefront of embracing the Great Commission resurgence movement, of getting to a 50-50 shared um, percentage of cooperative program uh, receipts to get more money to national and international ministries. So honestly, Jonathan, my experience in uh, SBC, KBC life has been extraordinary. Uh, the opportunity to serve as a dean of the Billy Graham School at Southern Seminary is, uh, is an unspeakable joy. So um, I'm very encouraged about uh, where we're headed in uh, Southern Baptist life. We have our challenges. We have our issues from time to time. But um, the, the state of the SBC, I believe, is very, uh, very positive. Now, you mentioned the, the next generation. Tell us what you're seeing, what you're hearing about denominational engagement from those students that you interact with on a daily basis at Southern. What I see in our students is a desire to want to be involved in a very meaningful, tangible way in denominational life where there is a clear um, aspect of mission, a clear sense of we are doing something that is accomplishing some larger purpose. Uh, I don't think the emerging generation is interested in perpetuating tradition for the sake of tradition. I do think that we have to be consistently teaching and transmitting the value of cooperation, the value of the fact that when you give a dollar through the cooperative program, that that dollar can do more together than any one individual church can do in and of itself. I think that the um, emerging generation has 
a great desire to see something happen immediately rather than having to wait in a deferred fashion. And sometimes that becomes a tension point because there are those who uh, want to see something happen now. And frankly, anytime you bring thousands of churches together and tens of thousands of Southern Baptists together, things don't always happen in a quick and uh, expedient fashion. But I think that as more people learn about uh, our history and our heritage, what we did before the cooperative program, the genius of the cooperative program, when they see about what we're able to do in funding the kind of seminary student training population, tens of thousands of seminary students who are able to receive a theological education without having to go into massive indebtedness. The fact that we're able to fund thousands of missionaries through our International Mission Board. And are there challenges there? Yes. But still, no one church could do 100 missionaries, much less the thousands we've been supporting through the IMB. So I think we have to be consistently working to train and to mobilize and to equip the emerging generations as to the value of what's gone before them. I think there's always a tendency to have a kind of generational narcissism that says, we only really are caring about what's happening in our world. We don't really want to learn or appreciate what's happened before us. And I think we can always learn from those who've gone before us, both of what works, what didn't work, so we don't have to repeat those same mistakes in our own ignorance. Now, you, you mentioned learning from what we were before. Uh, you were on the Board of Trustees what, about 12 years ago, I think you started, 10, 12 10 years, years ago. 10 years ago, 2005. Oh, 2005 at LifeWay. Mm -hmm. Started in 2005. Dr. Renner came at that time. Mm -hmm. uh, talk about just where you saw LifeWay whenever you got there versus wherever you rolled off uh, after you were chairman of the board uh, at the end there. But the difference you saw, I guess, in LifeWay 10 years ago and now, and as well, you know, kind of even talk about KBC whenever you got involved there and now. And I guess to an extent, as well as the Graham School, like where you saw, you know, the 10 years of change, just say from 2005 to 2015, what, what have you seen and the trajectory of those three entities? Uh, th those are great questions, Jonathan. Um, in 2005, I was a Ph.D. student uh, in evangelism in the Billy Graham School, uh, where Dr. Rayner was dean at the time, and I was elected at the uh, ripe old age of 27 as a trustee of uh, LifeWay. Dr. Jimmy Draper, former president, said that I was the youngest trustee elected uh, in the history of, uh, of LifeWay. And I remember walking across the Southern Seminary campus and running into Dr. Rayner, and he said to me, uh, Adam, our relationship is about to change. Uh, <laughs> Just I've, a bit. I, I've been your dean, now you'll be my boss. And um, so my first meeting as a trustee was the meeting where we elected Dr. Rayner unanimously to be president of LifeWay. And I had the privilege for 10 years of uh, being really in a, in, a, in a catbird seat to watch what God did in and through LifeWay. And I am utterly convinced that God's hand was on Dr. Rayner to steward LifeWay through some very difficult times. None of us could have seen in 2005 the Great Recession that would come, the economic downturn, frankly, how many Christian booksellers and Christian... Yeah, the retail collapse, would, would completely collapse. Not just in the Christian world, but no, that, that, that's absolutely general. right. And the way that Dr. Rayner and his executive team navigated LifeWay through that uh, was extraordinary and really positioned LifeWay in a very strong way. Uh, the initiatives that he brought in terms of the LifeWay research, in terms of B&H academic, uh, a variety of things. Uh, were just extraordinary. And then being able to cap off my service on the board uh, by serving as board chairman for two years and working even more closely with Dr. Rayner, 
uh, I emerged from my 10 years on the Lifeway board an even greater uh, supporter and fan of Lifeway and Dr. Rayner than I was before him. And I never would have dreamed that uh, when I started in 2005 as Lifeway trustee that one day God would allow me to have the uh, the same job that Dr. Rayner had had that he left uh, Southern to, uh, to go to Lifeway to be dean of the Billy Graham School. Uh, the Billy Graham School at Southern Seminary is one of two graduate schools. We house all of the church-related Great Commission disciplines. Um, we are the only graduate school Dr. Graham ever personally endorsed by allowing us to carry his name. That's a legacy that's very meaningful to, uh, uh, to us. And the Lord's given us a tremendous window of favor. Uh, we have hit our highest enrollment in the Graham School in eight years this fall. We have 1,250 students in the Graham School. Now, just to illustrate the significance of that, Jonathan, the average accredited theological seminary in America only has about 300 students. Wow, and y'all get four times that. Four in, times that in, just, in, just in the Graham in the school. school alone, uh, nearly 5,000 at Southern Seminary as a whole. Um, our commitment and conviction is that we serve the church. We train leaders who are able to build upon the solid biblical, theological, and historical foundations they receive through their um, School of Theology training with how to lead effectively as a pastor, how to serve on a church staff, how to take the gospel to the nations, how to proclaim Christ where Christ has not yet been named. And um, it's a joy to serve with what I believe is the greatest and strongest uh, Great Commission faculty God's ever brought together in, in one school. With respect to the Kentucky Baptist Convention, KBC was founded eight years before the SBC was founded, uh, 1837. And uh, I had the privilege of being the uh, youngest person ever to be elected KBC president for the 175th anniversary year of the KBC in 2011-2012. And my election coincided with Dr. Paul Chitwood becoming our new executive director treasurer. Dr. Chitwood, much like Dr. Rayner, has been a transformational leader in really helping to move the KBC into the 21st century to fully embrace the Great Commission resurgence, to sacrificially look beyond ourselves to give more resources for the sake of missions, theological education, national and international ministry. But he's done this, Jonathan, in a way that has been unifying. He didn't do it in a way that threw a lot of people off the bus or brought about great disruption. Well, and if you remember back whenever he came in, I mean, there was a, a big staff overhaul. There was a, a yes. lot of change. We're seeing a very similar thing going on right now in the state of Florida, your home My state. My home state, that's right. Uh, we can talk about that after this, but uh, you know, we, we saw what Dr. Chitwood did at the KBC, and I think you're seeing that more as a model as new leaders come into these other states in the South. That's right. I think, I think being very intentional in terms of communicating the direction that has to be uh, pursued, but doing that in such a winsome and ironic way to bring people to the table. Yeah. Dr. Chitwood is exceptionally gifted in being able to um, communicate difficult things, but to do so with a smile on his face, with a positive spirit. He is a remarkably effective change agent, and I believe really has been God's man for the hour in Kentucky Baptist life. Now, we, we mentioned it a minute ago, your home state of Florida, mm -hmm. a lot of change going on there. Uh, I know you're still connected to the state, have many family and friends down there. What do you see as the future for Florida Baptists? I think the future for Florida Baptist is exceptionally bright. Um, huge kudos to Dr. Tommy Green, who uh, recently became their executive director treasurer for uh, not deferring or kicking the can down the road, but immediately announcing a plan to move Florida Baptists to a 51-49 split SBC, making the um, adjustments and the realignments personnel-wise to bring that about and doing that in a very pastoral and gracious way. 
And from what I read of the reports, this um, action was adopted unanimously. Mm-hmm. Well, again, uh, any any time a group of Baptists can come together and make a unanimous decision, that is a sign of God's uh, blessing and and favor. So I'm very proud of my home state and very proud of the leadership that's being provided uh, there. Quick uh, shout out. Uh, both the president and the vice president of the Florida Baptist State Board of Missions are Billy Graham School uh, PhD grads. And uh, so I'd like to think there's some connection to that yeah. uh, leadership uh, effectiveness. And, and quick shout out to Dr. Green. He was the trustee chairman who signed my PhD diploma at Southern Seminary. Oh, so. wow. See, it just all comes, you're like the, the guy that's connected everything. Right. <laughs> Dr. Green, we've talked a lot about where things were, where they are now. Let's talk about where they're going. Uh, the future of the SBC, you mentioned earlier, you believe it's bright. I'm with you. I, I agree. We've got some challenging days ahead. There's some tough decisions to make. We've we've seen that recently, you know, with the Florida decision, with what's going on in Georgia with their reorganization, with right. the IMB. A lot of different big decisions being made. Where do you see the SBC 10, 15, 20 years down the road? I think uh, the SBC is probably going to look leaner than it does right now because um, if if giving trends continue as they are, uh, we're seeing, and of course, it all starts in the local church. As, as fewer dollars get out of the hands of individual believers to the church, that impacts the church's ability to give beyond themselves to fund state ministry, national ministry, international ministry. Uh, I continue to pray for an economic uh, revival and turnaround in those areas, but the trend lines indicate that that we're going to see increasing challenges uh, there. I think we're going to see uh, again a a some generational shifts. There are people who are serving in uh, in leadership roles now who obviously will uh, will, will transition out. There'll be a n- more new generation leaders coming into our agencies and institutions who will bring uh, fresh ideas and a fresh approach. I think we always uh, have to do everything we can to, in a sense, pass along to the next generation the genius of Southern Baptist cooperation, our identity, both theologically and missiologically. I think we can never assume that people just know that because, honestly, uh, we, we've, we've lost a lot of the mechanisms we used to have for kind of passing along the Baptist DNA, particularly in the church context. Um, a lot of that used to happen on Sunday nights, and many, most churches today don't even have a Sunday night service, and they're not taking up Sunday morning to talk about the cooperative program or about Southern Baptist uh, entities and the like. So we have to be more creative in figuring out ways to transmit and pass along the SBC DNA. I do see, again, with the emerging generation that I'm privileged to to teach and interact with, um, the more they learn about the SBC, the more excited they are to participate and to cooperate. And a lot of that, Jonathan, I think has to do with we are seeing a willingness to be very honest, brutally honest about our condition. I give huge kudos to Dr. Platt and his leadership at the IMB and be willing to come public with some issues of their financial uh, house uh, and is not trying to uh, assign blame or shirk responsibility, but to say, here's where we are. We've got to bring an alignment of our resources uh, and what we do to the funds that are being provided. I think the more that we um, are able to demonstrate integrity, authenticity, uh, unity, the stronger our future is going to be. And frankly, given the cultural challenges that we face, Jonathan, um, we're not going to have a lot of time to be fighting over Uh, side issues and irrelevant matters and things that uh, just aren't going to be all that important when all is said and done. The urgency of lostness, the reality that people are starting further and further away from God in our country today, 
I think means that, that we need to be looking more and more for reasons to cooperate rather than separate. Well, Dr. Greenway, thank you for joining us today. We really appreciate it. And uh, thanks for listening to SBC This Week. I know you, you listen. We, I get uh, texts and we talk every once in a while, and I know you listen, so I appreciate that. So we appreciate you listening. Thank you for coming on. The honor was mine, Jonathan. Thank you for having me. All right. Thanks, Jonathan. That was uh, very insightful. So we're glad that he was able to come on. And, uh, and I know we we have a lot of other interesting personalities in Southern Baptist yes. life, and I'm looking forward to more interviews just down the road, hearing different perspectives. So that brings me to what is becoming my favorite part of the week, and that is this week in SBC history. Amy, blow our minds. Well, I don't know if I will, because some of the, this, this really was out already this week, yeah, but I couldn't. Yeah, I sent it to you. Yes, yes. So Not I, blowing my mind this week. Right, but you can't ignore it. But the information blew my mind. Yes. So it was this week, uh, it was actually Wednesday, that in 1873, Lottie Moon first arrived in China. Wow. Absolutely amazing. Yeah. So it can't, I mean, I love finding kind of the little obscure things, but you can't let that one you pass. No, you, this you is a big deal. Right. Uh, we talked earlier in the program about the Lottie Moon Christmas offering named yes. after her. She would be the matron saint of yes. Southern Baptist missions, I, I think. So uh, pretty neat little nugget there that we, we saw online this week. And Yes. She's, of course, incredibly inspiring. And uh, I mean, we talked about her last week, mm-hmm. actually. Not this, a fan of cigarettes. No, not a fan of cigarettes at anti-big all. anti-big tobacco. Yes. Um, so two pieces of uh, trivia as far as the Whitfields. One um, is that there is a portrait of her at Southern Seminary. And uh, the portrait is actually life-size. So it's about three feet tall. Yeah, because so, she wasn't a very tall. She was 4'10", four, 4'8", four, somewhere in there. Right. Uh, but it was always just fascinating. They had that up on the wall. But when you look at it and you just kind of take that in, most portraits are not life-size, but you took that in. That was always very uh, interesting. And then um, we, our Cocker Spaniel is named Lottie. We named her after Lottie Moon. Hmm. I thought you'd named her after Charlotte Aiken. Um. No, she goes by Lottie as well. But when we were, there, there was a real trend those uh, many years ago among our friends that people were naming their dogs after uh, theologians. Okay. And uh, when we got our, our puppy, it was a girl. And yeah. What do you do? You what name do you her do? after Lottie Moon. So we called her Lottie. But, but Coco is not named after a theologian. Uh, no, he's uh, named after. The cereal? I, no, Coconut, I think, is actually what he's short for. Oh. But that's, I mean. You know, what can I say? My daughter, she was in the fifth grade, so. Okay. Well, resources of the week. Amy, what is your resource of the week? Uh, My resource is we have another movie coming out. War Room came out a few weeks ago. This one is Woodlawn, which uh, gets my attention. It's a football movie, which I I love sports movies. Yes, because your dad is in the National High School Sports Hall of Fame. Is that right? That is correct. That is correct. was inducted a few years ago. More Whitfield trivia. Yes. Uh, Anyway, the... um, the movie—it's coming out this week. Uh, we actually had a helped host Southeastern helped host a screening a few weeks ago, and then there's going to be another one the night before the nationwide drop uh, in Raleigh. So I think that's exciting. Go out and support support this movie that's come out. Awesome, very cool. My resource of the week is newchurches.com. It's a brand new website from Lifeway, uh, and not just a website—it's an online community for church planners and churches that are wanting to start churches. So it's a church multiplication website and movement. Uh, their tagline, Multiply the Mission. I mean, that's what they're all about. There's a new podcast out with Ed Stetzer and Daniel Eam 
that you can check out online as well. All the links at newchurches.com. I mean, there's some exclusive, uh, this is what is really cool, some exclusive church planning research that they just released this week. It's called The State of Church Planning in the United States in 2015. There's an entire research project, this first of its kind, huge thing. Uh, check it out, newchurches.com is the website there. That is my resource of the week. Amy, any final thoughts this week on SBC This Week? Nope. I'm uh, happy to be here. It's nice to be in Nashville. Headed to take a couple of days uh, away, enjoy a conference, and uh, we'll be back next week. We will. We'll see you next week. Thanks for joining us. See you next week. <laughs>